Three shots, four part, I just do two. One putt, part four, birdie. Part four, birdie. Woohoo, new driver, info, replace, into part five, fairway. What you fin do? Think I'll try to get on into start right, good line, good view, in drew, shoot and make Yes, we're rolling now. So uh we're right. episode one twelve, Bryce. Yeah. You're so much better at keeping uh Keeping those numbers. I am, episodes. but last week with Mark, I thought we were at like 107, so I just didn't say anything. <laughs> so episode number 112, 112. Somebody will verify that, but if it's, yeah, uh, if it's wrong, it's too late. So with Nate Edwardson, I got that right, Nate? Yeah, man. Okay, that's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty easy one for us. We've had some, we've had some tongue twisters, but uh, so <laughs> Nate's kind of a different guest for us. So when Bryce and I were talking about this, I, I reached out to Nate. I was watching some of his content over on YouTube, and I thought, uh, with everything going on in the golf world right now, it'd be a really cool episode to have. Like, uh, would you consider yourself a YouTuber? Oh yeah. So we have a YouTube page. Um, mm-hmm. We've got like eight people. <laughs> we got a few more than that, but we I was just are, looking at a YouTube channel. That's why I asked what your shit was. Yeah. yeah we, we, uh, we're more of an audio based podcast for sure. We're actually yeah. huge on YouTube. That's where we get majority of our views. No, yeah. I was going to say, I was hoping the answer was going to be odd. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, uh, we get like 11 on YouTube. Um, we have yeah. no idea what we're doing. So this is a, like a bit of a yeah, masterclass yeah. for us. Cause you, uh, you started a new golf page and it's, uh, mm-hmm. It's like one of the biggest things in the YouTube golf space right now. So this is the uh, newest collab for me right now. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're just learners here. So hopefully we can, uh, get into a conversation a little bit about content creation and stuff for sure. But, um, the whole, like, as I'm sure did you, you, I know you created the page. It looked like back in 2001, but it kind of, uh, you kind of just started dropping like a lot more videos with the good, good stuff happening right now. But, um, we'll definitely get into that, but anybody, did you um, say 2001. 2021, sorry. 2021. Oh, 2021. I was like, I, I might have I said 2001. YouTube was around in 2001. I was also sick. So I didn't start. It's like, you got some, you got some information. I don't know. This is Mr. Beast. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, yeah, yeah. This, yeah it might have been 2001 that I said because, uh, I got a little guy. Everybody knows on the bot. I got a little guy and, uh, he had his, like, he's 15 months. He had his first, like, real rough night. So I'm going on, uh, mm zero sleep in the last uh 50 something hours you know when you start getting like sweaty and kind of like you're traveling a lot i feel like i'm doing that right now so yeah that's brutal let's get into an actual intro here though because we don't edit much we don't cut much so this is staying in nate um but uh, if you can anybody who uh doesn't know you um maybe or hasn't seen any of your content yet maybe you can kind of explain who you are for sure yeah um youtuber is definitely how I identify. That's my shtick. Um, I've been doing YouTube full time for three years. I started in the CrossFit space, it's like the fitness space. Um, well, I'm sure we'll get into this, but I actually started YouTube two years before that, just kind of for fun, making more like vlog style videos. I was brought into the space by Casey Neistat. He was like my original inspo. He was like a daily vlogger back in the day. And uh, so, yeah, I did about two years of that while I was going to school, kind of playing around, nothing serious. And then a few years in, I was coaching full-time and across the gym and going to school. And uh, I just had the idea of for a series. Um, I had done some work as a videographer for some other creators in the space. And I kind of had this like realization of like, I like creating videos, but I only like creating videos that I want to make. I don't want to make videos for other people. I don't like having other people's input on my creative. Um, and so I was just like, if I'm going to make videos, I want to make them on my own. So I had an idea to start my own channel. Um, and so I did, and it kind of worked. Like it, it didn't take off obviously nearly in the way the golf channel has taken off, which 
which I'm sure we'll talk about, but it had a pretty good initial jump that allowed me to go full time basically right away. And I was in the niche of CrossFit. And uh, there's just a lot of brands in that space that operate purely within that space. So it was almost like a bit of a cheat code to be that niche mm-hmm. and have the ability to monetize so quickly and so early and whatever. Um, so yeah, I've been doing YouTube for three years now, full time. It's what I am obsessed with. It's what I care about. It's what I talk about. It's what I study. If I'm not making a video, I'm studying how to make better videos. Like I'm, a, I'm completely and utterly obsessed with the platform and content and storytelling and all of that. It's my favorite thing to do on earth. So, so we're definitely going to focus on the golf. Like we're a golf pod and that's kind of how I, mm-hmm. I reached out and, and got connected with you. Um, watched like all the videos. And that was like one of the things that, uh, that I thought like right away, like I was mentioning, I saw like the Tim's beep, the Tim Beeb's hat and stuff. So I figured, okay, like maybe he's a Canadian guy, which obviously like drew me mm-hmm. to your page. And then, um, like I clicked, it was just like a lot of information, good information. And like what, like a seven minute video, um, eight minute video, something like that. And it was just kind of, uh, there was a lot like going on, like you mentioned with the good, good space and whatnot. And I like the rigs video too. Cause like, <laughs> all right, we're supposed to have rigs on here, Bryce. Bryce knows this cause he's seen the DMS and then rigs went dark on us. So this was a while ago too. Yeah. He's, he owes this one. Yeah. So if, if Riggs is listening, this is the call out. So we're <laughs> supposed to, yeah, I sent him a message one day and I, I think I was like, uh, Bryce plays hockey. Rick's played hockey. And I said, Bryce is better than you or something like that. Like, come on and prove it or something. And he said, yeah. I'm down or I'm in. And I screenshot that the Bryce and we we're like, all right, Riggs is coming on. This will be fun. And uh, yeah, then he went dark. So I think he sent one more message back. So Riggs will come back one day, I'm sure. But um, I kind of like how you said it was like always, like you're always like a videographer, right? So mm-hmm. um, for anybody who doesn't know the difference, I'm sure throughout the episode, we'll kind of talk about what the difference between maybe like what Bryce and I do or like just content mm-hmm. creation with videography. Um, Cause that's like a whole other avenue. Like we've had an editor's done a little bit of work at the pod. Um, currently, like we edit it in house right now and it's uh you know, it's, it's not too hard to do that. We don't have to do like a lot of work for it, but I know you were kind of pumping out like a video a day or you have been for the last couple of weeks on that page, that channel. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that something you're doing full-time right now? Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I said, I've been a full-time YouTuber for three years now. It was all like, I have a, I have another YouTube channel that has like 23,000 subscribers in the CrossFit world. And like, that was like, that's been my main shtick forever. And like, I'm still like, that's still my channel, obviously, right. but yeah, it was just like, it was just serendipitous timing, I guess, because I kind of thought about, I don't know, I became really obsessed with golf, obviously, like you can direct me however you want with this, because um, I'm sure we'll get into all of it, but ask me questions as we go. But like, I, I got into golf, you know, really heavily in the last few years, like I, in case you can't tell, I have a very obsessive personality, and I'm a very all in type of person. Um, so I got really into golf and part of that was just like, I watched like every golf tournament, like basically every tournament on the PGA, I'll watch at least the final round of, like, I just love consuming golf content that led me to golf YouTube content and kind of just the way my brain works. I was like, maybe there's an opportunity for me to do what I do, um, in the CrossFit world, which is mainly like news commentary reaction type videos. Like that's what I really like to make. Um, and I think is like the most natural content to me. Maybe there's a space for me to do that in the golf world, but I was humming, hawing on it for a long time. And then literally it was two weeks ago. Like that's it. When that, when that news broke about Grant leaving and I kind of was just like, Hmm, maybe I'll do this. And I actually made a TikTok first. Um, and I just like kind of exactly did what I've been doing. I took the IP that I've been doing 
from my content in the CrossFit videos and just put it into TikTok and kind of shrunk it down a little bit, obviously for the platform. And that video got like 300,000 views overnight. So I was like, hmm. Mm -hmm. So then I just like started a new channel on YouTube, made the same video, but in YouTube form. And, you know, that was kind of the impetus for it. So it was like really serendipitous. Like it just kind of came upon it. But then, then like, obviously, like I've been doing this for so long now, like knowing how to execute in content is like definitely like what I've been studying forever. So it's like, you know, it was just getting me on board. But now that I'm on board, it's like the floodgates are open, you know, Mm -hmm. ready to go. Yeah, that was like, that's something that Bryce and I don't know. Like, we don't really have that piece. Like we, like we know a lot about golf. We're both golfers. We play a lot of golf. Bryce knows like everything there is to know about gear. Whenever we have Mm -hmm. a gear chat, Bryce like can kind of pick apart what's in everybody's bag. Um, like I would say I'm pretty well-rounded. I know like a little bit about everything. I'm decent with social media and stuff, but like the, the, uh, content creation is like a, it's a different world, man. And it's like, for sure. so if you can find all your like pieces that you like and make it work for what you're doing, like that's, I don't know. It's impressive. I, and I said like, I'm into CrossFit. So I'll show my age here. Is Jason Kalipa still like, is he relevant or is he? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Okay, like, he's he's got to be he's like definitely not as relevant as he used to be, but yeah. yeah, he's still a big name for sure. Especially for people who have been around for a while. I think yeah. anyone who's joined up in the last maybe five years doesn't know who he is, but people who have been around longer than that probably do. Yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah. Like but just to add on to you, sorry, Max, just to add on to you about YouTube. Like I'm the biggest YouTube guy ever. Like I watch, like that's all I watch really in my spare mm-hmm. time. I'm surprised I haven't came across your videos. Uh, like previously honestly yeah, yeah yeah but uh but yeah i don't really know what it takes but um max pretty good with that stuff and if he can't mm-hmm. figure it out it's got to be uh, pretty time consuming and definitely got to know what you're doing yeah i mean i think a lot of it like I, i'd be happy to go into this like we could use like examples from you guys and i could like try to like walk you through some stuff because i'm sure like people watching if they're watching ads like aspiring creators to be helpful for them um but yeah it's just like it's a, a lot of it is just learning through repetition man like you have mm-hmm. to you have to just do it you have to do the work and, and like that's not just like a big part of it is studying and it's watching a lot of youtube that really helps picking apart like what's interesting to you and then asking yourself like why why is this video interesting why do i like watching it? what parts of this are interesting what parts of this are boring and then especially if you're planning on being creative yourself it's like look at everyone who's creating content in the in like in the similar niche to you and think about what they're not doing like what's missing what where's the hole where's the thing i can fill with something i'm also passionate about and then kind of once you get that rough framework you just go and just start making videos like make 10 videos make 20 videos make 30 videos make 100 videos and like your first 10 videos are going to absolutely suck nobody's going to watch them your next 10 videos are still going to completely suck and basically no one's going to watch them but maybe you get a couple more views but you've learned a little bit from the first 10 that you can apply to the the next 10 and then it's just it's really a snowball effect man like i've 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 published at least 800 videos to youtube by this point in the last five years so yeah it's the just difference a long... between one and 800 is probably insane <laughs> well it's hilarious I... man i still have that first video like on my main channel it's, it's private now like the first because when i when i went full-time like youtuber in the crossfit world all the videos I had made before that when I was just playing around had nothing to do with CrossFit. So I was like, okay, for like branding purposes, I'll just like make all these videos unlisted so that it looks more mm. like cohesive. Um, but I still have them all on the channel. Like I could totally just like flick one on at one point if like people want to go back That's and so watch funny. my first ever YouTube video. It's I shot the whole video in on my iPhone in vertical mode. I didn't realize you had to turn the phone to landscape. So the entire 14 and a half minute YouTube video has just black bars on the side. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. and that's like something so simple, but you wouldn't notice. And like that, I know that can jam you up in like algorithms and stuff too, right? Based on like how the picture is and certain things like that, right? So for us, we're, I think anyway, I might be out of line saying this, but I know for us, like yeah. we're, I think we're doing like 720 or something like that. So it's yeah. pretty much just the ability to like throw it into the processor, do a quick save or edit or whatever, rip like a quick edit in, throw a couple ads in, whatever it may be, try and get it done within like three hours pretty much is the idea. And it, usually we have like a 45 minute podcast. So as soon as you add in a bit more time for that, like, you know, trying to get in 1080 or 4k or anything like that, like Bryce will have to update it from his potato computer that he's using here. Hey, for he's, the, he's been through a lot with me, right? <laughs> but you know, it's like, it's a lot. Like as soon as you try to upload it in better quality, that takes a few extra hours and stuff like that too. Right. So I guess when they're like elongated videos, it can, it can kind of, you know, slow things down. I know podcasts don't, YouTube's not a podcast platform. There is like the full send podcast, but even if you look like, yeah, like even if you look at like four play pod and stuff like that, like their pod might only get like five to 10 K views where like Mm -hmm. a breaking 90 with Trent's going to get like, could get a hundred or it could get more. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Mm um, the podcast space isn't like YouTube isn't necessarily built for podcasts, but I think, you know, when we can get people to come on check them out and, you know, enjoy another Avenue to consume, you know, a podcast, it doesn't definitely doesn't hurt for us to do it. It's just audios where most of them come in. Like I've, yeah, I think, I think for the podcast thing on YouTube specifically, it's about optimizing for the platform. Like using the examples you, you just gave, like you will never have success on YouTube uploading this like just like people in different rooms with little screens like whatever because you need that like so the reason full send podcasts impulsive um like andrew schultz flagrant too like these are all podcasts that get hundreds of thousands if not millions of views on youtube because they really put the effort into making it a visual experience meaning that like they don't even have like cut-ins most of the time but multiple camera angles constantly switching between the camera angles like every 15 seconds or so um because it kind of rehooks the viewer and then also it's just like optimizing it for that viewing experience so all of those podcasts have sets all of them have you know something like really good lighting and all that kind of stuff like you can definitely optimize for the platform but it has to be super intentional if it's not it like totally like nobody wants to sit because you got to think about how people are consuming it too right like if people are going to sit and watch something like they have to be entertained and, and stimulated, not just with their eyes, but with their ears and everything. Right. So it's like with something like this, it's most people probably put it on their headphones while they're going for a walk or in their car driving to work because right. they just can hear it. They don't need the visual, but to try to convince someone to sit and also be entertained with the visual of this, like, it's just, it's probably not going to happen for most people. Yeah. It's difficult you know I mean? too. Right. And that is why like those bigger pods, like we talked about that have like big guests and stuff like that are, are doing that. Cause you can kind of like see their mannerisms through it. You can see all the different angles. Like you were saying, I, t- I remember talking to Bryce about this, like idea I had one time. I was like, I think, you know, we go through and like, when I send you an email Nate ahead of time, I'm like, okay, like Bryce and I keep it pretty organic. And like, we've been doing it long enough where it's just like the conversational flow. Like we wouldn't even need to give you any topics, yeah. but usually I fire over like an email, four or five topics, like an intro, whatever, a <laughs> couple things we might want to pick out. But, um, I kind of thought about an idea of like trying to split those into segments and like those will be mm-hmm. more consumable for a viewer to try and watch like maybe a five minute clip. Like we might talk about, you know, your first video that you did for the golf page or something like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody might just want to click that and like that might 100%. be more of a consumable avenue for somebody, but 
It's just so much work to match. Oh, there's so absolutely much, yeah. zero doubt that you would like tenfold the viewership you're getting on these by yeah. putting out clips. Like it's not even a question because what you could do with the clips is you could optimize them very much for like, because what happens on YouTube, right? Is like someone clicks on something for a reason and whatever reason they're clicking on that for, you need to meet that with their, like you need to, their expectation and the expectation of clicking on that is they get it quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you, even if you had, like, we talked about something very, like, say, for example, like how Nate started a golf channel or something like that, right? And say that was really interesting to a lot of people. If it's 25 minutes into a 45 minute podcast that looks yeah. like this, people, like, they're going to click and be like, what the fuck? And they're going to click <clears> off. Like, it's, sure. it's probably not even going to get that many clicks because they're going to see it's 45 minutes. Like, I don't have 45 minutes. But if it's five minutes, if you make an enticing thumbnail, an enticing title, and then during that five minutes, you're constantly adding visuals like, you know, like, like you see in my videos, like with like pictures and videos and all that coming up on the screen to re-engage, you could 100% like have that. And then the nice thing about that is obviously there's like spillover because you get a bunch more attention to those things. But like your purpose for that might not be to get a bunch of views on YouTube, but it could be to have greater spillover to the audio version of the podcast. Because naturally, if a thousand people saw that clip, you'd probably get at least, you know, one to two percent of those people that come and are regular listeners to the podcast now you know yeah. which is doesn't sound like a lot but over time it's huge that's up yeah well and that's like like i remember a past guest we had like custom clubs he listens spot all the time might be checking this one out but uh i remember talking to him and he he was asking like how it did and i shared how many views we or how many downloads we had and uh he was like i think he thought he was like oh shit okay like that's great and he was like, I just saw like it on YouTube, which I think it like had a hundred or 200 on YouTube or something. I was like, no, no, like we actually like, uh, it's a lot easier to get things in like an audio algorithm and like get people to, like resubscribe and redownload. And most people, like you said, want to listen to it in the car. So they don't go to YouTube for that. Right. Like they don't actually, but I find people that you engage with, like on Instagram and whatnot will come over and check out YouTube, but there's only a small amount. Right. So it's people who kind of just want to listen to it and are podcasters or listen to podcasts. will have it up and it'll pop up every Friday in the afternoon and they'll maybe click it on on the way home. Right. Now we found success with that, but trying to capture it as like a, a visual uh, experience for a viewer on YouTube is something that uh, would definitely take a lot of work, but I, um, I want to jump into the golf space if we can a little bit. So yeah, a couple of weeks ago now you post why Grant leaving good good doesn't make sense. So that one has fifty six thousand views. So on this channel in just a couple of weeks, there's I had a quick look. There's like seven hundred thousand views. So it's obviously like, uh, did you expect that? Like when you post that first video, did you expect it to kind of grip viewers like that? Not like that. No, I I definitely didn't have that expectation. Like I knew, I I don't know. I shouldn't say I knew because I didn't know anything. Like it's hard to know. But mm-hmm. I was confident that obviously I, had, like I said, I've been doing this full time for three years and like I've been studying the platform, or whatever. So more than anything for me, it was just really exciting to be like, like, has all this work paid off? You know what I mean? Like I, I did, I definitely did after the first video kind of started catching on because basically I posted it. And obviously when you post I, the channel had zero subscribers, two weeks ago, the channel had zero subscribers and zero channel views. When you post on a channel like that, doesn't matter what you're posting, it takes a long time for YouTube to figure out where to put that yeah. video. So I posted the video, and in the first hour, it had like four views. Like it wasn't getting, and whatever. Later that night, I think it climbed up to like 100 or 200. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like that to me was like, okay, cool. Like, you mm-hmm. know, because that's basically like the way the YouTube algorithm works a lot of the time is it takes metadata from the videos and uses that to sparks out to people they think might be interested in the content. 
so it's like, okay, like I'm talking about something obviously that people are interested in. I was confident about that, but it's like what I'm saying in a video is also becoming interesting to people. So like, that was more of just like the fun part for me. It was just like watching something I've studied for so long, really just go like and work, you know what I mean? And like how, how YouTube recommends content to people and whatever, like watching that work. And then also being able to like have transplanted, but basically like the IP, like the, the video formatting that I have worked on for so long in a completely different world, drop it in this world and then like kind of watch it go. Like that was all cool for me. And because of that, my point is, is that like, I was, I was confident that like it would work somewhat, but like I was kind of looking at like other channels who were talking about similar things. And I was like, okay, they already have a couple thousand subscribers. Like there were quite a few channels with like one to 4,000 subscribers in the golf world that were talking about it. So I was like, okay, like even if I can get a fraction of the viewership that they're getting, like that to me is a win because it's like, they already have a bit of an established audience. Like YouTube's already going to be pushing their videos to people. They know we're going to watch it. Whereas for me, it's a trial and error. And like, there's always that little correlate too of like nobody in the golf world knew who I was. Like, it's not like any of my CrossFit following, like maybe a hundred people transferred over from CrossFit. You know what I mean? Like, like very few people from my previous audience transferred over. So it's not like I had this like innate advantage of like having an audience pre-built. Like nobody knew who I was, who was clicking on these videos either. So that was the other thing I was like curious of too. I was like, are people necessarily going to be like willing to watch this if they don't know who I am, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I, was, I definitely wasn't expecting what you just mentioned, but I was kind of curious. I would say more than anything. What do you think it was, Nate? Sorry, Bryce, or I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there, you're good. But, um, like, what do you think it was? Like, I'm looking at like the average view duration is like four minutes, or not view duration, but video duration is like maybe four or five minutes. Like all the thumbnails are like, you know, I've tried to study a little bit of thumbnails and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, actually like one person I talked to did a lot of YouTube and they said, like if you and Bryce want to kind of become a brand, like a podcast brand, you have to put your face out there, which is always something I think we kind of avoided. And we tried to focus on like maybe our guest or whatever the experience mm -hmm. was at that time. Like, what do you think it was that kind of like caught people's eye? Was it just like how polarizing the good, good news was at that time? Or, or do you think it was like a little bit of a combination of everything? I mean, a combination for sure. Like obviously the fact that the news was happening is a topic people are interested in, but you also had, minimum a hundred other channels make basically the exact same video right. you know what i mean or like something similar so like you know i'd like to think obviously a big portion of it like i said earlier is just like the amount of time i've spent working on how to make entertaining videos and like from my perspective it's like these videos are like they're for a purpose right and like they're they're serving something for people and to me it's, it's like these people are curious about what's happening with this whole news situation, whatever the news is, but in this case, you know, but obviously it's talking about like good, good or whatever. Um, and so it's like, how do I deliver that value to those people, you know, in as efficient manner as possible? Um, and I mean, I think that value prop is, is pretty important. And I think that's something that people definitely appreciate. Um, and a lot of the feedback I get is kind of around that, but yeah, man, it's just, there's, there, there's, like, again, I think it'd almost be easier to, like, I could pick apart, like, something for you guys and, like, explain it. But, like, there's 400 things that go into making, like, a good video on YouTube. Um, and all of those things are, like, equally important, in my opinion. Mm. Um, just to kind of go back into good, good, just because I'm, a, I'm not going to say huge fan, but I do watch a lot of them. Um, mm -hmm. Do you, what's their status now, do you think? How do you think they're feeling internally? Kind of without, without the meeting too. Because Micah left too, right? Didn't Micah Yeah, Micah and Grant. Yeah. and Grant. Yeah, so like pretty That's much right. they're big too. 
other than yeah, two of them for sure. Two big two, guys, sorry. especially as far as like, I mean, I said in a couple of videos, like the big value prop to me with good, good is the fact that you can watch elite level golf and more relatable golf in the same yeah. video. You know what I mean? And you can see yes. the banter back and forth and you, a lot of people, it casts a really wide net because a lot of people can see themselves in that content. Um, I don't know. Like, I think part of, I think part of them is probably obvious. Well, a like, huge part of them is obviously just upset because they were friends and probably felt like family in the left. Like they talked about that in their video, but I think strategically as well, there's obviously a hole that they're probably thinking about, like either do we have to fill this? And if we do have to fill this, how are we going to fill this? Because I mean, it's, it was obviously a huge chunk of the group that just disappeared. Like 33% of the, yeah. of the show just disappeared, you know? So it's, it's big shoes to fill for sure. It's kind of like a, a little bit of a foreplay situation with um, um, what's his name Ben Lurch and um, yeah, like when they when the, yeah when they brought the uh, yeah I know they and they like when they lost Lurch, like, and yeah. and brought Rappaport yeah. in so it's like it uh-huh. was kind of the same similar situation they're in almost well, that was like a little bit different because um like what Lurch was saying was that like he was kind of in the dark a little bit he wasn't really included in like that transition. He didn't really know as much. Like you can't fault him for bringing in Rappaport. He's like really knowledgeable in the golf space, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously that helps their that helps their skill level quite a bit. Uh, like when they play these four man scrambles and stuff like that. But you know, with Good Good, like I've been watching Good Good for a while. Like I enjoy their content. Like I usually will click on at least one or two videos a week. And when I uh, like, I think when Grant came in is when it kind of like hooked me even a little bit more because Garrett's content. Um, like you talk about what all the different creators and things like that and all the different things you need to do to make a video successful. And Garrett is that, right? He has kind of like built that platform on so many different levels. And in the golf space, like we've been able to have Mac Boucher on before. I don't know if you've seen him. Um, Mm -hmm. I talk to Mac pretty regularly. He kind of does it on like an Instagram level, but you know, Garrett, when you think of like the YouTube, like when you think of YouTube stuff like that, it's uh, he's kind of like leading that charge, I would say. Um, and he leads that team like with good, good. I think most people would, you know, agree yeah. with that, but I think Grant was the second best golfer in the group. And I think Mike was the third best golfer in the group. And then there's a pretty big, you know, difference between when you hit Matt, I guess, right. If you're to kind of, rank yeah, I'd them, agree right? with that, yeah. so those top three are like pretty good. So you're losing like two of the top three golfers in the group. That's a pretty big really? hole to fill. I know that they were bringing in Luke Kwan. So like, you know, Luke's probably going to be the maybe the best golfer in the group now. I don't know, but like skill level, uh, skill level wise, when people want to like tune in and, you know, learn something like they might be more relatable to a Bobby or something like that, if they're a 10 handicap, but if they want to like turn in and learn something that was kind of coming from Grant, I really like like the good, good labs. I like that kind of stuff. So I like watching those videos and it seems like that's just going to be a hole that's maybe like irreplaceable almost right and there's so much speculation so many different ideas of what's like happening and and why he would leave why mike would leave i think mike is was a little bit more transparent where grants was maybe not we have a lot of questions i know the january 3rd thing i know all this stuff from watching your videos nate so i just think uh yeah it was uh it was kind of a shock and i think that that was like a really gripping time to start that page and that like grabbed a lot of people and that uh definitely you know, I'm an example of somebody who saw your thumbnail, clicked on it, grabbed the information, came back and watched more of the videos, right? Here we are talking about it. So it's, um, I don't know, is it something that you think you'll keep up? Like I noticed that you had like the, Bryce, you know about the Scramble 46? No. 
the guys who posted the 46 at uh I can't oh, remember yeah, what tournament yeah, yeah. it was so yeah, like I you did a, you did a video with them uh, about them you did a video about Riggs like why Riggs is the most hated like golf personality and 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 like, I love Riggs you man. know it's like, a weapon so do you think it'll be something that you continue on Nate I guess is the question I'm trying to get to like do you think it'll be something that you continue on or will you move back to like CrossFit stuff what do you think 100% yeah 100% I'm fully in on it man I mean like I'm going to make YouTube videos forever. Like I'm literally never going to stop. Like, it's what I love to do the most. It's what wakes me up in the morning. So it gets me excited. So like this to me is just like an unreal opportunity to create content about something I'm super passionate about. And like, I'm probably the most passionate about golf right now, other than YouTube in, in my life. Like it's probably the number one thing I'm most passionate about. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. I'm just, just the beginning, man. <laughs> I have so many plans. Yeah, well, speaking of a passion, you want to get into your game maybe a little bit, your golf game? Kind of talk sure. about um, maybe how many times you play a week, kind of what you're, where you're at in your golf game, what you need to work on, what you're good at. Yeah, I mean, this past summer I was playing probably, I mean, I was hitting a golf ball at least six days a week, but um, probably like on course like three-ish days a week. Um, and whether it's like nine holes at twilight or like playing a full 18, but um obviously in the winter here it's a little different like you can yeah. play year round in vancouver technically but we got snow right now so it's closed for unless, a unless i fly um out. yeah, yeah. That's, that's a whole other story man I, I flew out for the only snowfall last year in victoria i yeah anyway, it's a bummer, right? we, we've talked about bummer. that already but like yeah the weather, weather like weather was beautiful the whole year except for like the three days i flew out there yeah. so I guess, yeah yeah but, uh, but yeah, man, I love it. Like it's, it's awesome. And it's definitely something I super, super enjoy doing. Like I like following golf, but I also like equally love playing it, but for different reasons too. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'd ever want to like bring content into the world, my world, personal world of golf, just because like, it is such a, it's such an, not an escape, but it's just like something else. You know what I mean? Like I'm obviously super, super obsessed with YouTube and that's great, but like, it's also nice to have something that's like, well, well YouTube. Yeah, yeah, like it's not completely different because I talk about golf, but it is completely different because I don't talk about my golf and I don't, I don't, you know, whatever. So it's like it's nice to have it kind of be its own thing, and it's really like kind of in a like for most people like a an escape kind of and like mm -hmm. a uh, just something else you get like a great hobby, you know what I mean? And like yeah. I think it's important to have hobbies, and it's part of the reason why I'm able to make so many videos and put so much effort into that is because I also make sure I'm not burning myself out by like you know not having hobbies and not having other things. Yeah. Well, a couple of things we, we have to ask everybody, uh, one question that comes on the pod, but, um, if you're looking to do any content creation, we got a friend, Paul park, uh, the founder of G pod. So like you literally just stick your phone on this, uh, it's like a golf shaft. It's really cool magnet mm -hmm. and you just stick your phone onto it. You, it's a spike that goes in the ground. So if you're ever looking to do any content creation, look that up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause it's sweet, man. It's so cool. Like it doesn't take up any space in your bag. It is as thick as this pen, and it is so simple. It's comical. Like yeah. you would like. Why has no one ever done this before? Yeah, it's and it's, uh, it's amazing. I was down in New York City a couple last week, and I was supposed to meet up with them, but uh, timing didn't align, and it takes hours to get through New York City. So, um, unfortunately, I didn't. But uh, Paul's always been great with us. He came on the pod. He was like really genuine dude um so if you're doing any content creation or if you're looking to get into that in the golf space check out gpod golf for sure we have no affiliation with them i think our friend custom clubs has like a code clubs 10 or something i don't know but um check that out it definitely and have you had a hole in one that we we all like bryce and i love talking hole in ones have you had a hole in one oh now? it's coming now buddy don't no. worry it's coming yeah, now i'm not we've spoken 
quite a few hole in ones in the existence. Three. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Three. Yeah. If you're playing right now, like you might get one in the next couple of weeks. Mac here for Manscaped. The holiday season is fast approaching, and that means Santa is coming to visit. Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Head over to manscaped.com, pick up a lawnmower 4.0, and keep your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Using the promo code OTSGOLF, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Santa will bring that right to your door. Manscaped.com, OTSGOLF, 20% off plus free shipping. Enjoy the holidays. Um, One of my favorite questions aside to asking people what their gear is is uh day in a life kind of just want to go through what like a typical day for you looks like doing um videos and stuff and editing um i'm sure they're pretty jam-packed but maybe just a typical day yeah totally uh yeah it evolves i think depending on um you know what specifically i'm doing that day but i would say like on a day where i'm publishing it's usually i'll wake up somewhere around like eight ish eight or eight eight a.m ish grab a coffee and i go and sit down and read for like an hour um usually uh so i'll start with that kind of i feel like it wakes my brain up pretty good um so before i look at my phone do anything i'll just read for like an hour um and then i'll usually head over to my desk well i'll I'll check my phone and kind of just like emails and like any kind of news stuff or whatever head over to my desk sit down and that's usually when i plug in to start the videos especially because out here on pacific time um I like to get the videos as early as possible because we're obviously like the majority of my audience is in North America. So they're already, um, you know, three hours ahead of everyone or behind everyone. So I try to sit down and start working on videos. Typically I'll work on videos from like nine to like noon one ish somewhere around there. Um, and then usually I'll get a workout in. Um, whether that's like going to the gym or we have like a Peloton here. Um, sometimes I'll do stuff like around the house too. Like I like just like doing like at home kind of like CrossFit workouts, um, get a workout in. And then after that, it's kind of like whatever. Like I kind of try to, <clears throat> it's like ideation time a little bit, you know, like typically I try to leave like from post-workout until like four or five o'clock, like loosely pretty open because those are usually the times when like, if I'm not sitting, that's the weird thing about like doing stuff that's like creative for a living is like, you have to give yourself time to like do nothing. So you can like think, you know, cause if you don't, if you just, yeah, exactly. Cause if you're yeah. just like, like, for example, like I could obviously probably, you know, increase the, the reach of my content. If I turned every one of my long form videos into short form for TikTok. But if I was to come spend that four hours sitting down here and just like manually chopping videos up and making you have them no TikToks, time to think of new content. Exactly. And so it's like I, I really value maximizing the amount of time that's spent on making the best YouTube videos possible. Like I really don't care about anything else. Like that's all I want to do is just make the best videos possible. So my whole day is structured around that. So like leaving those few hours in the in the late afternoon open for that is like really important. Even like that's what I'll do stuff like this because like as long as we're going to talk about YouTube, like I find it valuable because like it'll yeah. get ideas flowing and I'm thinking about it. And usually I'm teaching people or like, like instructing people on how to do certain things with YouTube. And so like, it helps me like put those things off my brain. So, you know, like I said, that one to four, one to five slot is open for stuff like this, for just thinking, for watching videos, getting inspiration. Like I work really well off intaking inspiration and then like making something from it. So that's like time when I'll watch YouTube videos and study them or like whatever. Um, 
And then, yeah, I'll take my dog for a walk, take him to the dog park somewhere around there as well. That's usually kind of like where I'm like ending, like whatever. And then I do my best to try to like shut off my brain after that because it's very easy, especially when you're doing a job like I do, where it's like literally like theoretically, the more I upload, I can just, it's just like a, a blank check. You know what I mean? Like you can just make more videos and get more views and get more money and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you technically so like, work all day long. 24 seven. Of new content. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, my goal is to make the best videos possible and to make every video as good as possible and whatever. So it's like, I don't want to just be like making crap content for the sake yeah. of it. And so part of that is like, I have to like discipline myself to like turn my brain off. Cause like I could, I could probably make like two to three videos a day. Like I, ideas wise, like I have that many ideas, like, but I just, I try to, you know, take out of six ideas over two days and only make one video, you know, like the best mm. one out of all that. Um, so after five o'clock, I have to shut off my brain. I try not to look at my phone too much. And then it's just kind of like, you know, normal life stuff, like watch TV, hang out with my yeah. wife, like nice. whatever. Um, yeah. So I got a couple questions out of that one. How, um, mm -hmm. how long does a video take? Like start to finish, would you say? Um, it depends. So like today I'm probably going to upload tomorrow. Okay. Um, I have an idea. So today it was like, I probably spent an hour or two just kind of like going through the idea and like I'll kind of like again kind of like almost it's like almost like sounds corny but like it's like meditation almost like I just think on the idea for a long time and like sometimes I'll take notes sometimes I won't sometimes I'll just kind of let my brain go with it like I'll maybe watch content that's like associated with it so I get more ideas so I spent like probably about two hours doing that and then I sat down and I probably spent two to two and a half hours making the title and thumbnail because that's usually my process is i'll make the title and thumbnail well before i make the video um so yeah about two two and a half hours title thumbnail today and then i'll start tomorrow morning i'll record it which obviously that only takes like 15 minutes and then i'll start editing it. and the edit usually takes somewhere between two to three hours like it's not crazy because it's like it's not like i'm making like really like cinematic videos or hard to edit videos but it's more just like i re-watch and go through the videos a lot to like anytime i get bored i cut out the parts that are boring or whatever yeah so it's like there's there's a lot of like fine-tooth combing kind of thing um so i don't know i'd say all said and done like five to eight hours probably but i can also like I'm also really good at being reactive. Like that's me trying to like really optimize an idea. But like if something happens, like a piece of news, like instantly breaks, you know what I mean? And it's like, I want to get a video as quickly as possible. I can go from like initial idea to upload it in like less than three hours pretty easily. Um, it's just then I'm like trusting my intuition. I don't have enough time to like really like overthink things, um, which can be good sometimes. But like, yeah, if I'm like planning out a video, it's five to eight hours. If I'm reacting, it's like two to three. Yeah. I guess that's where like ours is a little bit different because it's a pod and, and ours is kind of like pre-planned, right? People kind of know mm -hmm. Friday afternoon, they're going to tune in, check out the pod or on the weekend at some point. Right. So I guess that was kind of my thought is like, are you, are you constantly like trying to pivot, make different videos based on like what's coming out immediately? Cause you want to grip as many like listeners as you can or, or viewers as you can which like the golf channel definitely would pertain to that right now with all the different things that are mm -hmm. happening um mm -hmm. is it solo work for you right now nate like are you sourcing anything out are you doing all your own graphics are you doing all your own thumbnails all that kind of stuff or do you work with like anybody else on on the team at all right now it's just me but i am in the process of hiring an editor i think that's going to be something i'm going to do in early 2023 so 
if anyone's watching this and is an editor and wants a job, hit me up. There's a very mm. good chance I'm going to be hiring someone. Um, mainly just because like I'm getting to the point now where it's like, especially with the golf channel and the way it's taken off, it's like, I want to better optimize my time to like focus on the content and like yeah. me spending me spending three to five hours in the edit is just not a good use of my time like that is something that can be very easily farmed out to someone um i can teach them my style i can teach them my flow obviously i'm there to oversee it but like just the mechanics like for people who don't know like a lot of editing isn't isn't necessarily that creative it isn't necessarily that integral to like whatever it's a lot of just punching buttons like there is don't get me wrong there's a lot of creativity and part of the story that goes on in the edit but like that part of it is you can oversee without actually being the one doing the editing um and if you find someone that like their sole job is to edit they're going to do a better job than you. like if, if if my mind is focused on the title thumbnail and the actual content i'm not focusing as much on the edit so like I would love to hire someone to help with the editing because I think they could eventually do a better job than me. And also it would allow me to do a much better job of the stuff that only I can do. You know? There you go, Mark. <laughs> we had a, uh, um, Mark edited a little bit for us and, uh, he's like, I know he's like become kind of like friends with like Bradley Kruger, Kruger and like, uh, EJ and those guys do the, we had those guys on from good, good, uh, in the past. And, and like, I know he's like really fascinated. I'm fascinated by the work that like Colin and Max do those guys with good, good. It's like mm -hmm. incredible, man, to be able to like, just kind of like lock in and, um, just sit in front of the computer for that long. Like I used to, I think I've talked about this maybe like once before, but I used to play poker at like a reasonably high level. And, uh, mm -hmm. I had like a little, you look like a poker player. <laughs> I had to look at you and don't guess tell him that. Oh, you look God. like a poker. You know, you look like someone I can see on like pokerstars.com or something like that. Yeah. So I used to, uh, used yeah, to salt and pepper beard before, yeah, yeah before uh, getting old. marriage came <laughs> along, it was, uh, there was a lot of hours logged for me and, uh, you can look me up yeah. on shark, uh, shark scope, Bryce. It's, uh, it's still there probably. But, um, <laughs> so I would be in like a little, I'd like a little station. Right. And it like, mm -hmm. I'd sometimes I'd be sitting there for like 15 hours and I think like, how could anybody ever do that when they're editing videos and stuff like that, when they're doing like the majors and stuff. But when you find People something love you love it, and you're just like that yeah. invested in it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's not work. It doesn't feel like work. Right. And then, uh, if you're tired, you gotta, if you're tired and then you got to go to work, that's a problem though. So yeah. you gotta, you gotta mm -hmm. make that your job though. Sorry, Bryce, go ahead. No, sorry. Speaking of Mark, um, and collabing, uh, anyone you like wish or want to collab in the future, anyone on your radar or anyone that you've kind of, dreamed of collabing with i guess and any any space not not just the golf space um not particularly like i most of the con like my i guess like staple content obviously is like in nature it's not overly collaborative like it's, mm. you know you it's, know whatever like of course like anyone who's big and relevant and present it'd be like maybe fun to just like talk to like i think for me a collaboration would be more of a melting of the minds kind of thing like i'm not right. like i don't really have like much that i think i would want to do online with people necessarily mm -hmm. but offline man i would like that's that's why i say yes to any podcast basically that wants to talk to me about youtube because like i just love talking about it and like mm -hmm. i, I learn so much from it even if like i'm the one doing most of the talking it still gets ideas flowing but like, if I could turn that on its head and like, I'm talking to someone who's way bigger and more successful than me, like that's obviously a dream. So like, yeah, and, I mean, name them, any, any creator, yeah. in any especially well, the golf space or the CrossFit space that's bigger than me and I can just mastermind with, like I would do that for hours like that, that, yeah. I even think of like, 
I'll come across, obviously, if you've been on, if you've logged into youtube.com before or clicked the app mm-hmm. at some point, you've come across Mr. B stuff. And mm-hmm. like, sometimes, uh, like he'll do a couple podcasts here and there. He's on the full send podcast. And, uh, I listen to that. And I think, uh, to me, like not even being like, I'd consider Bryce and I, like we're a bit of creators on a, on a very small platform, very small level, but, uh, it's a, incredibly fascinating. I think he's the second most fascinating person on the planet to me. Uh, Elon Musk is definitely the most fascinating person on the planet to me for mm-hmm. sure. To me, beast is, to me yeah. beast is number one by a long shot, but yeah, that makes sense. He's a freak, man. Like he's yeah. just so incredibly smart and, uh, obviously like way, way, way ahead of his time. And, um, like he is the algorithm essentially. Like he has like kind of built yeah. the algorithm. He hasn't really figured it out. He's almost like built it to work for himself, if that makes sense. Um, which it totally does, because I don't know, I assume he has the most views and stuff like that. Like I'll I'll see he's something. Gotta, he's sorry, man. He's gotta be up there for number he's gotta be top five in, in subs, right? He's a number one YouTuber in the world. By is he one? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was not, like, maybe not by maybe not wasn't by the world subscriber like, he passed PewDiePie, but yeah. he, he he might not be number one for overall subscriber count. But monthly subscriber gained, he's, he's always number one. Yeah. Um, monthly views always number one. Like nobody's even close. Like there are there are foreign language channels with bigger populations that might pull something more. But like as especially as an independent creator, yeah. nobody's close. Well, like, he was saying uh, one hundred twenty-one million. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. He was saying at one point too, like he because he has he converts all his videos to like Spanish. Mm-hmm. French, whatever it is, right? So, and he mm-hmm. repopulates them to all of those uh, areas, like in the world. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like his Spanish channel was like at one point the top Spanish channel, like in the world. Oh yeah, 100%. which is like insane. Well, he like, makes he makes he makes like the best videos in the world, like yeah. by the numbers. You know what I mean? By the data, yeah. like the most people will watch his videos out of any videos in the world. And so it's like obviously it's going to work in every language. You just have to like. You have to make it relevant. It's kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning, where it's like right now you're making a, a show that's primarily designed for an audio platform. So when you copy and paste it onto a visual platform like YouTube, it obviously doesn't do very well. You'd have to customize it to do well on YouTube, and that would be by doing the clips and the shorts and all that kind of stuff like we talked about. It's the same thing with that. It's like if he just took his videos and implanted them with like subtitles, they wouldn't do well. But he gets like actual... Um, voice actors from those countries who are already famous and people love to do the voice acting in his videos. He translates the jokes, not just in words, but also to make sure they're relevant and like subs them out with jokes that are more relevant to that culture and like whatever. So it's like it. Yeah. But when you do that, he makes the best videos in the world. So obviously they're going to be the best. They're infectious. Like they're so gripping. Like you just click on a video and like I was watching like a Lamborghini get crushed and a train run mm-hmm. through a wall. Like yeah. It's, it's like, so I don't know. It's just, there's something about it that really like grip you. And like, I really like Ryan Trahan's videos and stuff like that. My favorite YouTuber right now is Beard Meets Food. You ever watch his stuff? No. No? So it's, uh, you should, if you're into like, he does like food challenges and stuff like that. He just okay. kind of travels around and he's, I think he's got, like, I'm looking at one that was popped up like a day ago. It's got 771,000 views. So like, he's got... <laughs> probably a million plus subscribers and uh mm-hmm. he's just got like a big beard like me and he just does like massive food challenges and he'll eat like mm-hmm. a eight pound pizza and stuff like that but he's got oh, like a, i think i've seen that guy yeah he's got TikTok. like a really cool like personality and stuff too so check him out nate it might be like i'm sure there's mm-hmm. something there i know he's done i think he actually refused to deal with mr beast in some way there's a video that floats out there and he like turned down a couple different deals and stuff like that so it's um it's pretty cool um 
but the idea of like collabing with somebody's obviously like pretty pretty neat idea but for you yeah even just being able to like get somebody in a room like mr beast or like ryan trahan one of those guys one of the big popular guys and kind of like see what they do would be ah like it would just be invaluable right? i think like, that's a huge misconception for people too is like a lot of people who are i get a lot of people especially from before in the crossfit world but also now in the golf world like smaller channels who are reaching out wanting to start and wanting to grow and whatever and like, like the amount of misconception there is around like collaborating in content one time versus like the value of actually like learning from that person. It's like, it's that saying of like teach a man to fish or give a man a fish he eats for a day, teach a man to fish he eats for a lifetime. It's like 100% the case with this. It's like, like everyone thinks that like, Oh, if I could just get this one shout out or this one collab with this one big creator, like their whole audience will come to me and I'll have views forever. And it's like, no, like you, you might have a little tiny influx on one video because of that. But if your videos aren't good, people are going to leave yeah. immediately. Nobody's going to stay. Nobody's going to watch. It doesn't matter. And the only way you're going to make good videos out of that is if you learn from that person on what they do to make better videos, you know? So like, again, for me, it's like, let's say theoretically right now, I got Grant on the channel for an interview. Like, obviously that video would go off. And of course I wouldn't say no to that. But to me, if I had a choice between getting an interview with Grant that undoubtedly would get hundreds of thousands of views versus just sitting with him for two, three, four hours and talking to him, I would choose sitting with him and talking to him a hundred times over because although like I could make a bunch of money off that video and probably grow the channel short term, there's so much more value in for me long term. Cause like, that's the other thing, right? Like I plan to do this literally for the rest of my life. So like I look at YouTube and content, whatever, in like a 10, 20, 30 year window, it's not right now. And like the value in learning from someone who's been with you more successful and being able to pick their brain, that's going to, that's going to take you way further over a way longer period of time than just having a one-time collab with that person. Do you see, um, I guess this could be like a Micah and Grant uh, question. So those guys left for the, with the pretense of they want to like kind of do their own thing. Like mm-hmm. they have both sort of said that, I guess they both said that like, really, um, I know Micah's was always like forged more around like wanting to like play pro golf and stuff like that. So, um, but he still wants to be a creator. Do you have like, do you have any thoughts and kind of where do you think that those two channels might go? Do you think that they're going to be a lot different? Um, like Grant versus Micah's, or do you think that they're both, um, like, do you see their channels kind of progressing in any certain way? Yeah, I'm actually talking about something kind of similar in tomorrow's video, which will be out likely before this podcast comes out, but um yeah like it, i'm curious for sure and i think i think both of them have leveled up their content a lot even in the last like month um and i think i think there's no reason why they they wouldn't be on the exact same playing field as like good good and those big channels like they're both very interesting guys they both understand i think their value i think like what makes them unique and whatever they're both very open to collaboration and they're doing a lot of it and yeah man i think they're both really serious about it like they both micah almost more so than grant which sounds funny because like micah is is talking about wanting to be a pro golfer but when i watch micah's videos like he really is put or someone on his team is but i'll give him the benefit and say it's him but it's like someone's really putting a lot of thought into those videos um and it's working and it's showing and i you know i think i think those guys are going to be standout entities of their own they could be the same size one day as rick shields like 100 percent. like they're they could be they could have as much success as they're willing to put the work into um and as long as they stay interested like that's always the thing too right like you as a youtuber a huge thing that kills you for the most part for a lot of people is just burnout like if you get burnt out and if you get 
you know, if you can't manage it, that that can kill you more than not having great ideas or not knowing how to make good videos. It's like if you just get if you don't love it anymore, it's it's going to show in the content and everything's going to drop because of it. Um, similarly to like getting over leveraged, like if, if Micah genuinely I, I talked about this in a video, if Micah genuinely wants to play professional golf, he 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 won't be as successful on YouTube. Like if he mm-hmm. has to put that much of himself um, into professional golf. If he can't put that much of himself into YouTube and YouTube requires you to put absolutely everything into it. If you want to be successful at top level, like I genuinely believe that it has, you have to plan your whole life around it. Like, of course there are people who do it part-time and have success and whatever, but like really like to be, to be the most successful you can be, it's the most beneficial absolutely to be completely involved in it. So I think for them, it's just a question of how long can they stay interested and, and passionate. And if that's, 10 years and they're going to be just as big as all the biggest creators in the space. hundred percent. So I can see Micah kind of taking a Bryson DeChambeau route with YouTube, kind of playing that pro golf, but also, gosh, I hope not, man. Bryson channel sucks. Like I know, but just like that kind of way of YouTube, I feel like he, yeah, the problem with that though is that it's just, it becomes so disingenuous, man. Like the, the reason why I say Bryson channel sucks, it's not because he doesn't have great video quality and great, editing and great whatever ideas like it's just like you can tell that it's just like somebody is farming him ideas and he just shows up and they put a mic on him and he just does his thing and he's just doing it to do it he's doing it for whatever it is to build his brand to do he's not genuinely passionately assessed with the platform and that's like people can see that people can feel that you know what i mean like there's a reason why people prefer youtube videos over network tv it's because like the people doing network tv aren't as invested in that product as we are as creators and independent creators in our content and there's like a a relationship that gets built and like you know what i mean you can feel it so I don't know. I, I hope not. I hope he doesn't go down that route because that would that would kill his channel. In my yeah, I, I hope not, too. I can just kind of back to your point. Like, if he's going to try to be a pro golfer, it's just I feel like it's almost going to be inevitable. Like, it's just going to be what happens yep. if he's going to put that much time into golf and not YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, even just look at like the goes. Brian bros. Look yeah, at Brian I love Brian how, bros. Yeah, I love him, too. But like Wesley, like when he went on to the PGA, like he wasn't he was gone. Anymore. Yep. You can't yeah. like you can't do you can't do both. You can. Well, and like one of Bryce's best friends, uh, Zach Viminets, he's been on the pod in the past, is playing, like he played in the same tournament as Micah a couple weeks ago uh, or last week or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like having a conversation personally with Zach, um, who is like in the Florida Minor League Pro Tour. He's like one of, he's won an event there recently. He's one of the best Mm -hmm. players there, right? So like Mike is not at his level even as a golfer. Mm -hmm. Like they're close, Mm -hmm. but he's not as a lot of people like I I would, yeah. And that's something that like, it's hard to say from the outside, but a lot, I think a lot of people question that for sure. Cause there is, a, again, there's a huge, and Garrett said this in one of his videos the other day. It's like, there's an exponential difference between going and being able to oh, shoot yeah. two to three under par at your local track versus playing on professional tours under that pressure on their types of courses yep. and consistently shooting in the sixties or like, you know, at least not, not ever shooting in the eighties or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it is being an actual pro, yeah, yeah, being an actual pro golfer is very, 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 very fucking different than yeah. just being able to shoot low scores. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, well, and when we had Zach on, that was one of the things that we learned the most was like, 
getting to that level where like realizing that par is no longer good enough and like mm-hmm. you know ziggy a couple weeks ago saying like to get through uh he was one of our other like pga tour canada pga tour la pros that were on like saying that like mm-hmm. you get to a point where like you realize that that's not good enough and like you got to be able to get out there with 70 other guys in the field whatever it is when you're qualifying and like your number you got to be looking at like 64 like you got to be looking at like taking and the courses chance. are yeah. exponentially harder than what you would ever play in oh, your yeah. local yeah. you know circuit like exponentially harder mm-hmm. and then you take the pressure of doing it too like anyone who's ever hit their first tee shot in a tournament knows that like your heart rate's through the roof and you fucking like there's just there's so much that goes into it that's just so different and like again that's what i'm saying like even the the pursuit of doing that requires 100 percent of you if you want to be at the top level and it's the same with you know youtube so i'm like yeah. you can't that's why i'm like you can't do both yeah, that's why I guess I, I think like Micah to me is like very relatable uh, in the sense of like, he's kind of like, a, you know, he's like a hardworking dude. Like I know he like, they did an mm-hmm. Airbnb and stuff like that. Like he's like really into like, he does a lot of construction and stuff like that. So like a lot of guys might like kind of relate to that if you're watching the pod or mm-hmm. if you're, you know, watching any of their videos and stuff like that, you might kind of relate to, to, you know, taking that kind of way where like. Garrett seems like he's like the mind that's kind of like driven that and the passion that's driven that. Cause you see like videos of him from even like 10 years ago, just doing like backyard, like trick shots and stuff like that. So it was mm-hmm. almost like mm-hmm. he was, he kind of, it seemed like he kind of brought the others along. Um, and then kind of Grant got involved, like, and they got like a piece of it and then they've left. So I think everybody like right off the hop were like, Oh, they like are taking advantage of Garrett and stuff like that. But you got to like sit back and think like if their views don't align, and they're not really sure what they're going to do moving forward, then you can't really fault them for that. Like Garrett is going to have a successful channel, a very mm-hmm. successful like channel. And even if it just becomes a GM golf thing right now, I'm pretty sure he has close mm-hmm. to a million subscribers there on his own. Yep. So he'll do fine. Like he's very creative and, and uh, like very likable. Like he's a good looking kid. It's like easy for him to like get out there and put out good content where like, I'm very curious to see like a talent like Grant and somebody who explains the game at the level that he can and also play it at the level that he can kind of like form his channel. Um, it'll be kind of cool to see how they all, uh, how they all go. Cause like Rick Shields is the biggest, I guess he's the biggest in the, in like the YouTube space, I would say like of a content creator for in the golf space. And I was talking about this with a couple of guys today at work, just how he can like literally relate to anyone. He can, Mm -hmm. you know, he can relate to the pro golfers out there. He has been a pro golfer. He can shoot a 70 and he can also relate and like help people with their game and almost like a, like a really interesting, like, I don't know how he does it, but he can just relate to guys shooting 90 and like mm-hmm. help them with like shots, like bump and runs with like the eight iron stuff like that. Like there's so many different things and he has millions of videos and like the club content and stuff like that. So he's obviously done really well with it. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how they'll go. Um, kind of like how they unfold, how their channels go. Um, but before we let you know, go Nate, can we ask you mm-hmm. like what the future of your golf channel is going to look like? Like what you want to, um, if you know, like what you want to kind of build that channel into. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, like I just want to make videos people want to watch, you know, and that I enjoy making and like, those are the two sides of the Venn diagram and then whatever fits in the middle is what I'm going to make. So it's like, it's being up to date on what people are interested in, what people are talking about, but then also aligning it with something I'm genuinely interested in. And I feel like I have an opinion on because I think the reason why part of the reason why my, my content is can be successful is because like, I'm genuinely interested in the things I'm talking about. Like I, I'm not going to make the same channel about football because I don't watch football. Like I don't care. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not gonna, I can't, even if it would get more views, I don't care. Like I can't do it. So 
I think it's just constantly searching for what fits inside that Venn diagram. And, you know, for me with, with golf, like I'm genuinely interested in all aspects of golf, but I like obviously the golf creator scene. I think that's kind of a neat world that like, you know, it can stand on its own. Like it's strong. Like the interest in the golf creator space is, it's not obviously as big as like the PGA tour live, but like maybe it's as big as live, like, or maybe even a little bigger, to be honest. You know what I mean? The amount of people that would tune in, like if you took all the biggest golf creators in the world and had a, a tournament live stream, oh, I bet you huge. would get more views than the live, than a live yeah. tournament would. Like it might not For get, sure. it definitely wouldn't get more views than like the masters or anything, but like it would get more views than like a live event. I mean, I so, think it would put up a fight with any big major, honestly. Yeah. I mean, any normal PGA event, maybe, I don't know, but, um, Anyway, so my point is, it's just like whatever it is, like I love all aspects of golf though. Like I watch pro golf, but I also watch the YouTube space and like, I just love talking about that stuff. So it, the future of the channel is, is similar styles of content. I like this format. It's definitely a format. I think I provide the most value to people in, but as far as the topics go, it's like, you know, uh, whatever, again, fits in that Venn diagram, what I'm interested in and what people want to watch. And I mean, that should be how everyone who's trying to make videos looks at their content. It's like, you got to make stuff people want to watch, but you also have to be passionate about it yourself. So. Yeah. Um, I got a kind of one last question. that's kind of been floating on, around my head. Um, mm -hmm. You know how you said you'd rather sit to someone, sit down with someone and talk to them for four hours instead of interviewing yep. them. If you could sit down with anyone in the golf space and talk to them for four or five hours, who would it be? Probably Rick Shields, just because he's, he's, he's the biggest. Like, he he's uh, the man. probably knows the most. Yeah. And, like, he, I heard him on Bob the Sports Podcast the other day. That was, a, that was a really good one. They talked about YouTube a lot. And, like, he definitely seems plugged into it. Like, it doesn't, like, he obviously has a team of people, I'm sure, but, like, he also is paying attention to it. Like, it's not like he's yeah. some, like, some creators will get, like, big enough that they, like, kind of, farm that stuff out and they're just the talent kind of like the bryson situation but he definitely seems like he's still very interested in it so like and even if he wasn't like obviously he's built the channel to this point majorly like by himself like as far as like being the brain behind it so, so there's a hundred percent so much i can learn but again like i i even if someone had like the same like the same less yeah, anyway. like, i don't know like anyone who makes youtube videos that like is actually genuinely invested in it. Like if you're just doing it for a hobby, you don't really care. Then like, I don't really want to talk to you, but if it's like your shtick. Yeah. Like, anyway, for us next pod, we got to have Charlie Woods on. If we, if we get Charlie Woods, that would be good. it. That'd be good it. luck. Yeah. It's never going to happen, but uh, yeah, he's, I'll make a few phone calls. He's a, he's a pretty, yeah. he seems like a pretty cool kid. And like, he's also like grown 80 pounds in a year. So yeah. I want to know how he's done that. For well, the, I got for one more question. Thing. This might sure. be public yeah. knowledge. That I don't know, but, um, are the is Garrett and them all are they all good? Like or are they pissed? Or does is it not public? I don't think it's I don't think it's overly public. Okay. I mean I can give you my opinion on it, but I'll probably do that in a video. So Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's save that for your channel, man. So anybody watching, yeah. like we we definitely want to say, you know, I'm gonna link them below. So anybody who's kinda, you know, tuned in the podcast, if you made it this far, uh Nate, this was like super fascinating, man. This is like nothing. Bryce mm -hmm. and I have done 112 episodes, like we said, and this is like nothing we've done. So we learned a lot. Uh also got to talk a lot of golf, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so your opinion's great like and and obviously like the videos have kind of gripped me so it's uh i would encourage anybody to go over and check it out we're gonna link it down he's out in my ball and of course so i tee up uh, i lose a ball and i re-up i miss the fairway i probably end up in the ocean or maybe the beach and i'm on a part five and i'm finna go reach it second was blind i see it feel like it might be an average i was working scenario